0: What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're in this bitch talking UFC 289, Nunes versus Aldana, UFC Vancouver, as some of the people would call it. And as always, before we jump into it, go down, like, and subscribe, and comment your picks on these fights and whatever bets you have this weekend. As well, we're also going to talk about some of the ultimate fighter that's going on, because, you know, that's what's hot in the streets right now in the uh, MMA world. As always, this is Paul. Pick'em, win'em. And I'm joined with...
1: You already know, man. It's the big dog, your boy Kev. Waterboy support, a.k.a. the Dom Pye. Also known as the realest motherfucker on your screen. You feel me? And I'm back in the motherfucking states. The Heat are in the motherfucking finals. And you bitches can go... We don't say "care yourself no more. That's politically incorrect. So you go suck a dick if you got a problem with that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, but so Kev's back in the States, but UFC's going across the border to the north, the north with the Canada, Vancouver. Uh, Low-key, like, Kev, I was texting you earlier about it. Like, this, at least in my lifespan of watching the UFC, this is the worst pay-per-view I've ever seen. Like, like the, the main event shouldn't even be the main event. The co-main event should be the main event. But, like, you know, it's you know, women empowerment, whatever the fuck you want to call it. However, the UFC wants to market it. This is, this is kind of nutty, bro. Like I don't know. I've, I was looking at this card and I'm just saying here, like you're charging eighty dollars for this. This is eighty dollars. Like and you wonder why people stream it illegally. I, don't, I mean, I'm I'm just saying, Dana.
1: Alright, so uh, this shit was so funny when I seen this shit, motherfucking. It's it's uh niggas was talking about how Charles Olivera they keep putting out like a breaking was Charles Olivera out for UFC 289 for her for having um for breaking his back for how for how hard he has to carry this shit this weekend. And it's like and then I seen another picture and it was like somebody dressed up in a suit, it was like UFC 289 co main event, and then it was the same nigga in the same room dressed up in sweats for you talking about the UFC 289 main event. I was you disrespectful. And the worst part was Charles Olivera looked at and said lol
0: this is no disrespect to Mike Mallet or Adam Fugit, but the, the third fight before on the main card, the third fight before the co-main event is Mike Mallott versus Adam Fugit. This is the, this would be a fucking co-main event third. This would be in the same spot. If this was at the apex If this fight happened last week, Mike Mallott versus Adam Fugit would get the same spot on the apex card. Like, the fact sure. that this is a pay-per-view card and this is you going to expand your horizons in Canada, you know, the neighbors up north. I do give y'all respect because there's one, two, three, four, five. You got five Canadian fighters and then you got one Frenchman. And if you don't know anything about Canada, like especially the Quebec area, it's big in French. And then you got a couple, yeah. a, a New Zealand fighter as well. And Oh, and so like they have a few people that, that will tap into that market, but I don't know, bro. Like, as an average UFC fan, this is not a card. I think a lot of people have been saying online. Like, I'm not just speaking for myself, but a lot of people online are saying, like, this might be one of the worst cards, by at least this year, the worst card this year for pay-per-view.
1: And it's funny, because the co-made event, I was supposed to be earlier
0: in the year. And that is that is saving it. I'm not going to lie. If, if Oliveira was not on this card against Darius, I don't know how they. I even with that on the card, this is gonna do like a hundred and fifty thousand buys, a hundred thousand. But they're not even gonna release to how many buys they get on this card.
1: I would not be surprised they kept that low. They, <laughs> I'm shocked surprised they don't even
0: say that. Dan they is like not
1: pulling whole, up for the post presser.
0: I'm
1: crying. If he, he's smart, he doesn't. But um, it's Pride Month, man. You gotta, you guys, Pride Month. You gotta have some. N- Amanda Nunez, first openly lesbian fighter, like double champ, out Donna. She could probably
0: beat the shit out of niggas, like. and she's a fill in fighter like, that makes me even like this main event. No one wants to watch, but yet, <laughs> then also you get the fact that, like, oh, it was mostly to before. <laughs> like, I don't know, bro. Like, <laughs> this is one of those cards. Like, we're here though, we're here, we're gonna watch.
1: The worst part, the worst part is, I gotta, um. The worst part is, I like
0: I, I like that I like this fight better than the Peña fight. Oh, me too. And I, I the funniest part about the Peña fight to me is like Peña was on podcasts, like not talking shit, but she was kind of talking shit, talking about like, yeah, like people counting me out the first fight and like watch they're all counting me out this fight. Uh, like you I beat her the way I knew how to beat her. I'm gonna do it again, all that jazz, and then and then all of a sudden can't fight for the main event and then someone has to fill in i'm just like damn pena how the fuck are you gonna go on podcast saying you're gonna win this fight and then have to pull out because of injury or whatever
1: that shit was funny man i mean shout out shout out pena man you fuck with her
0: and and i would say the match not matchmaking but like so the the featured prelim fight the fight before pay-per-view goes on air I understand you want to make it a good fight because everyone who doesn't have pay-per-view will be able to watch it. So you have more eyes on it. But I think this fight deserved to be on the main card. Chris Curtis versus Nostradine versus uh, Am Amavov. Like Chris Curtis, I don't think at this point, especially on this card, which is not stacked. Chris Curtis versus Amavov should not be on the prelims. Like, I don't know. Like you're just you're just shooting yourself in the foot on what's already not a great card. All right, you want to start there, Kev?
1: Oh, I'm 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 not gonna lie to you, Paul. Like, that was a, that was a that was one type of that was one hell of a rant. Like I wasn't ready for that. I, I was like, damn, this card trash. But I like, I was, was going to keep oh, <laughs> it. Like, the,
0: the first fight on the fucking the first fight in the main card, marc Andre Barriot versus Eric Anders come on now I ain't pushing no fucking needles and the MMA fans have an audacity to come at some boxing fans about their cards come on now at least boxing cards do have some top prospects in the prelims
1: you gotta hope you like all God
0: right. Damn, you're all me, right,
1: all I, right. Chris, saying,
0: I'm Chris Curtis
1: I'm clipping that and sending it to um, Dana that was that was that was gold right there
0: <laughs> Chris Curtis is is the underdog plus 130 against imovov imovov coming off a win at ufc france he was on the main card for the tie to avasa versus gone card probably one of the better prospects france got, and chris curtis slight underdog here coming off the loss where we saw live against kevin gaslium so how are you feeling here kev i think this is my honestly, is gonna be one of the better fights of the card so like a perfect place to start
1: Better fights and better bet. Like the fact that Chris Curtis is an underdog in this fight is crazy. Go ahead and I don't know too much about other dude. I'm about to find out. But I'm hammering motherfucking Chris Curtis after I'm seeing him go toe to toe with Kevin Gaslam. And like motherfucking, don't get me wrong, he was crying, but like I feel like he's coming ready to fuck some shit up. He's he's been um him and Sean Strickland have a podcast now, so like I don't know how long that's been a thing, but like he's a coming week ready or so to fuck some- yeah, he's ready to come fuck some shit up, and that way you can go talk shit on this podcast with Sean Statement. And, like, Chris Curtis is just a nice upstanding-up fighter. Like, I don't think you want to bang with, bro. I don't know too much about other homies, but, like, I don't want to bang with Chris Curtis after seeing him, see him in person, him and Kevin Guy seeing and hearing these punches. Like, they were throwing fucking strikes, and they he's ready to be like, okay. You know, okay, that was you know who Emma
0: Bob trains with? Who? Think of the heavyweight Frenchman.
1: Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you can hang on Gone all you want, but the fact that he be sparring with Gone, I don't think like he can crack and he has some BJJ, not BJJ, but like he can take it to the ground and submit you. He has a lot of submissions on his, but I just think he's a more more complete fighter than Chris Curtis. And if Kevin Gastlian was able to like tag him up after like years of hiatus. I love Chris Curtis. I love his podcast. I love Sean Strickland. But like and I think this is a good matchmaking. Like so I'm kinda of shocked you're riding with Chris Curtis here. I'm I'm riding with the Frenchman. I'm riding with the boys.
1: You, you French toast you French toast athletes. I I can't I can't do it, man. I can't I just can't I can't do it. I can't do it. Nope. Can't.
0: So and honestly, I think that'd be our pick for Fire tonight. I don't want to speak for Kev. Actually, actually, that won't be my pick for Fire tonight. I got the fight after this is my pick for Friday tonight.
1: Damn, I thought you had um, Aldana Nunez. Fuck no, no, Fuck. no, no, no. I I think yeah. I thought you had Malat versus
0: Fergus. <laughs> See, the worst part is his last name is Fugit, and that's how that's how quickly we forget about their names. <laughs> But the next fight, Dan Ige, 50K versus Nate Landier. Nate Landier is on a fucking mission. Three fights, wins in a row. He got the win over Onama. got the win over, like, a couple weeks ago, got a win. He's kind of riding the hot hand. But he's a plus 210 underdog to Dan Ige, minus 260. Ige and him, I think this is going to be fire tonight because both of them, they like the trade. They like the, they'd both come full fucking hearted in the fights. Like if you're gonna beat Danny Gate or you're gonna beat Nate Landier, you have to be willing to like kill the man in front of you. Cause they're not gonna go down. So like that's what I like about this fight. That's why I think it's gonna be the fight tonight. You got two guys who really is like there's gonna be blood in the water and it's just who who's gonna stand more shots. So I'm riding with the big underdog. Even though Danny Gate probably will win, I can't just dis- bro, Nate Landier is one of the low key this past year has been slowly becoming one of my favorite fighters. Just the, his post, his 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 fucking the way he talks on the mic, the way he brings into the octagon, and like you wouldn't expect they, like the UFC was riding him off, and he ain't right back.
1: Ain't hey, right back. All right. Hey, I'm not gonna lie to you. I fuck with Nate. Usually I go against bro, but these last three fights, he's been um he looked good. And, like, I just catches, I'm the one that just happens to always catch his fights and his interviews because bro's talking shit. He's the definition of, like, just to grab your balls, grab – I walk around with my hand on my dick, American. Like, he's a fucking – he's a fucking, the ad, he's a fucking animal. It. And he's been, and he's been winning. Like, he's over – last time he was talking about one of these girls are going to leave here with me tonight. And I was just like, this gold – this is fucking gold. And, he's, and he is not playing around. This is how he actually moves. So I was like, okay, I fuck with, I fuck with, I fuck with bro, I fuck with
0: bro. And then, uh, the people's main event is up next. If you were to, if you want to be it's real, hot. the real main event of the car, what's really packing the seats, so what's selling the pay-per-views, and the worst part is neither one of them is probably getting the pay-per-view percentage. Charles Oliveira as a slight underdog to Benio Dioues. He's minus 150. Slight favorite here. And I don't, I don't want to sway no one's votes, no nothing. But Darius came out. You know, we did the, the Humanitizing Athletes, and they asked him what his favorite TV show was. you know what his answer was, Kev? One Piece. One Piece. I'm not trying to sway no votes now. It's nothing you know. I'm, not, I'm just speaking facts onto the pod, but I'm just speaking facts.
1: Niggas green kid, you see how these niggas do you, man. So like this fight is so interesting for me because I want to skip all the way to the end. So the winner of this fight is gonna get um get to the um should fight is most likely gonna fight Islam and Abu Dhabi facts. So we saw Oliveira versus Islam last year. I don't. I'm not really trying to see it again. So that's what makes this Benil Darius, like you know. I do you know what's it called? Like this Benio Darius fight. Versus Islam. Now that's a little interesting. Especially if Darius was able to stop Oliveira, that'd be lit. And then that'd be lit. And then when you see that fight coming, that would be a lit ass fight. But if Oliveira looks good during this fight, like he usually does, like if he looks like he can still run through this whole division, motherfuckers are going to say, fuck it. Let's see if Oliveira maybe just had a bad camp. Maybe he was doing it wrong. He, he he wasn't he wasn't trying to fight at this time for a reason, and he couldn't pull out of this fight because they were going to give it to Michael Chandler. So, this is what makes this fight that fight so interesting. But that's the end. Let's get back to the beginning. How do you think this is going, motherfucking do? Go?
0: This is such an intriguing fight to me because you look at Oliveira's run. Submitted, he submitted um everybody. Yeah, he submitted everybody. Poirier. Submitted Justin Gaethje, but in the Justin Gaethje fight and Poirier fight, both of them were able to score knockdowns, but you are too scared to enter the the round that is called Charles Oliveira, which is the ground. Michael Chandler, Michael Chandler kind of tagged him up, not like, rocked him, wobbled him in early rounds, but come third round or uh, no second round, he ended up knocking out Chandler. Daruus is coming off a huge win in which we broke down the fight, and I was super big into Dario West. I was telling you, like, Gamrot is a killer. Gamrot can take people down, but Dario West doesn't get taken down. And then he beat Tony Ferguson in Namaste's decision. And it's kind of hard to, like, gauge that win because Tony Ferguson isn't the same Tony. This fight, honestly... Oliveira has the better resume. So it kind of leads me to think, okay, Olivera should win because he's beating people who we would think are better than Dario But Darius is also a southpaw. As a southpaw, we've seen his left-hand crack Gamrot. He has the stand-up game. And he's not afraid to go to the ground with you. And I don't know if it's either – he's going to be Oliveira's kryptonite because he's going to be somebody that will crack Oliveira on the feet, which we've seen multiple people do. But he's not going to be afraid to hit the ground with you. Or he could be in over his head, and he gets an early crack of Oliveira, and Oliveira ends up submitting him because Oliveira is one of one on his back. Or come late game, which we've seen with Oliveira, he kind of ends up landing the better shots as the fight continues, and he ends up cracking you. So I this is what makes this fight so exciting. It is a pickem for me. I'm gonna rock with Dariush only because I do believe in the hype. I do believe that people were ducking him because don't forget Islam was told after the Bobby Green fight, oh you gotta fight Dariush before you fight for the title, and he then he said, oh I'm game. But then he said he wasn't, and he has to be have certain stipulations and this and that, and then Islam didn't want the fight. And I do kind of believe that Dari West is not an easy fight for nobody. It's a very scary fight for anybody because of the fact that he's a southpaw. He's a, uh, he can crack on his feet. His left hand goes burr, and he can hit you on the ground and submit you. Got eight submission wins, I believe, on his career already. So, like, I'm taking Dari West but I would not be shocked if Oliveira submits him because Darry West gets a little overconfident that he's winning the fight.
1: See, I'm glad you ended your point like that because everything you said was facts. So this man, Darius West, is nasty because he don't – I feel like is not going to really want to strike with Bro immediately. And I also feel like he, the fact that he's willing to engage on the bottom gonna be another. It's gonna be one of the reasons why it's gonna be like, oh shit! Because you have seen Islam was engaged immediately. He didn't move. He didn't think about it for a second. Got he the triangle straight, in immediately.
0: Him. He jumped on <laughs> him and had the triangle halfway in. Hmm. So like he already
1: knew what his game plan was was to crack him and the Islam is so Islam knew how they were coming. So, but at the same time, this is this is Du Bronx, my boy. He going. He's a sneaky motherfucker. He has something up his sleeve every corner. And a lot of the times he goes, he falls, his knockdowns are because he wants to go down. Like he prefers being down there with you. So like he wants to see you there. Like if you know, and he knows he's known this man has been is a lethal, is a lethal submission guy this entire time. So he's gonna you know, he likes to force his forces, angles, get into his position. So like that's what makes me trust him. He's a and this brings me back to shoot box, man the box academy they they got something for that they've been te- they days everybody's the same man they got something for that and they've been working on that they've been figuring shit out so i gotta keep take my boy de bronx on this one i just feel like there's something sneaky i wish it was a five round fight because i feel like a fourth round is when he could really like sneak something in like catch him slipping with either a knockdown or a submission like I felt like a fourth fight, a fourth round would do it, but it's only a three round fight. And then somebody texted, somebody texted saying, hey, all his last fights been three round fights. Think about it. And I'm like, well, that's true. Got 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 Gacy up out of there in a second. That's true. So like motherfucking, I got my boy B. Bronx. And did you watch the countdown?
0: I have not watched the countdown.
1: So Darius is a fucking G. Another reason why the fight would be five about him and Abu Dhabi is because he's, um, Syrian, which is Syria or Iran or something like that. Let I me mean, not throw the wrong country out there. But um that boy from the East too. So it just like it just looks better for them boys in Abu Dhabi. But I would love to see that matchup with Islam versus Benny. But I'm taking my boy B. Bronx. But on the countdown, these niggas were playing soccer with no shoes on. And I was just like different. different Dog. Different. Different. And they were I wanna say they were playing like on grass, but it wasn't like grass, grass. It was more like it looked at first I thought it was like concrete, but it looked more like turf. So I don't know. It was dangerous. Them toes is ready to kick some shit.
0: Uh no, but that's what I'm saying, okay. like I won't be mad with whoever wins this fight. Like I honestly, like early, if you would have asked me about two hours ago, I probably would have said I think Du Bronx wins. Uh like this is just how close of a fight it is. Uh, it's on the
1: and then you seen the nigga like one piece, so
0: just... yeah. And then one piece they kind of put me over the edge, but that's just to show like how close up and great of a fight the co-main event is, which is only three rounds. And then we got the main event, which is five rounds, and <laughs> you're gonna have what I don't believe will be a close contest at all. Amanda Nunes, double champ, band weight title on the line against Irene Aldana, Viva La Mexico. Shout out all my Mexican champs right now. and But no matter how much Mexican you got in you, there ain't nothing that's going to tell me that you're going to be Amanda Nunes. And it just blows my mind that Amanda Nunes is only a minus. I mean, it's a big favorite, minus 320. But beforehand, she used to be minus 1,000, minus 800. Like, those super mega favorites. And now now that she beat, and now that Pena beat her and all that, like, she kind of getting, like, the odds makers are kind of scared to place her odds. So, to my opinion, minus 320, minus 320 is a fucking steal. Like, Irene Aldana is a good fighter, but once again, a fill-in fighter because Pena then wasn't able to fight. She's coming off a two-win, both knockouts, one over Yana Santos, other over Macy Chaseon knockout in the first round and third round. And before that, she lost to Holly Home. And then you look at Yana Santos, the person she knocked out, she also lost to Holly Home this year. The Holly Home main event in the Apex was against her. And that's one of her wins. And then you look at Chason. Chason's biggest win is a split decision over Norma Dumont. Also lost to Rockwell Pennington the the year before. So I'm just like, I know there's no such thing as MMA math, but the the competition that she gets wins over is okay. The, like she has good fights with people that are okay. Amanda Nunes is the furthest thing from okay, and like at minus two twenty, I am taking those odds to the death. Like she should be minus eight hundred. She should be my especially a fill in fighter with a month notice. This should be like a minus one thousand favorite. So like I really love the odds. I'm parlaying that into anything like anything that you else like, just throw this Nunes money line into there. Just so cause she's gonna win this fight, I think, through and through. Cause she she can take her down, she can dominate on the ground, and her fucking she has so much power, it's ridiculous.
1: Bro, this is when shit gets crazy right here. So the countdown is nice. I'm telling you, when I tell you the countdown is good, countdown is good. Because they was giving us everything we needed to know about Aldana. It was like, man, Aldana, she Mexican. She, she was, she, she originally went to school for, um, something, maybe to be a, all I don't know she got a degree. She got a degree, like I think computer engineering or some shit like that.
0: And My she just started, there's us, no like, chance you'll ever be a man in a new a fight.
1: Nah, dead ass. But, um, Hey, hey,
0: hey. we gonna put respect on our
1: scholars. You feel me? So about yeah, this nigga goes. So she has a degree, but then she picked up um MMA her last year of fighting and her last year of of, um, college. And then by by one year into um, she was fighting um in the all women's in the uh, Invicta League, the all women's um MMA MMA um fight promotion. So. Then she um she started gets to the UFC and she's been fucking niggas up since he got here. So they put a lot of respect on Adana. Her training partner is Alexa Grasso, who just upset her the fuck out of Valentina Shevchenko. And she's Mexican. Like you heard them at the press conference. She said, What's the difference between what edge does um you have over versus Juliana Pena? She goes, I'm Mexican. So she's coming ready to fucking win. She's trying to bust some fucking ass. But we're talking about the Lioness. We're talking about the two-division champ. We're talking about the motherfucker that beat Ronda Rousey, Chris Cyborg, and no motherfucking mama. Like, this is Amanda motherfucking Nunez. And the only way I see this fight going is if this Mexican heat, that is this Latino heat, that <laughs> the is the Guerrero. the UFC. <laughs> yeah, this the, the ghost of Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> Is in this motherfucking building tonight. Cause I don't know. Cause Aldana is not no punk. Definitely. What if Aldana
0: comes out? What if Aldana comes out in a lowrider?
1: I already thought we should have got married after watching the countdown, but I'll buy the ring if I see some shit like that.
0: Yeah, it's some real WWE Latino heat lowrider. Fucking Chavez Guerrero walking around. Fuck
1: it. I mean, I lie, I cheat, I steal,
0: I need that. And she comes out to that song. Oh. I always just give her that. You come out to oh. that song alone, I'm changing my pick, Fight Night. Oh. Also, 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 another
1: another acceptable song is the George Lopez theme song.
0: Hello, right, know that. I
1: always <laughs> just picture <the> people jumping <laughs> on
0: the trampoline.
1: <laughs> like, that's how you do the song it was hard, because it was just niggas jumping on trampoline talking about something. Oh,
0: right. Yeah, Adana. I mean, you got you got what? Forty eight hours to respond.
1: <laughs> now what if
0: now what if Nunes plays what if plays mind games? Comes out to that song.
1: She I'm the fight of the night of this year fire tonight right here well, yeah. oh yeah so sure. it's gonna be a fast one but now i'm playing i don't i'm not but like on some serious shit i i slept on grasso i I, well, I didn't well i didn't sleep on yair or moreno but i'm sleeping i was i slept on grasso and this was her training partner they've had the dream since they got back because you know how they, they both got the reason why they um they were the only girls in the gym at the time. So they was like, we might as well train together. And then now they're here. This might be the one. This is Amanda Nunez's first um opponent that isn't um Juliana Pena since 2021. Hey, anything can happen. Anything can happen. That's why I'm just like, I'm not going to be like Nunez got it. Nunez for sure. I'm just saying anything can happen because these Mexican fighters are dangerous.
0: And I'm here to hammer the the minus 320 money line.
1: There's something that she, because that's because the thing about Alexa Grasso being a Shevchenko, I don't know how niggas kept saying they had Grasso the whole fight. And I was like, niggas even changed the group chat name to the Grasso zone well before the um, submission. What I saw was that she trained for something. She saw, they found a hole in her game and they found a tendency and they exploited it immediately. And she only needed to see it once. That's all she needed to see. She wasn't playing for it. She trained for that and she went to well, fucking. If she got, she's
0: got the same coach that Grasso got, who we saw fight Moscar Offalov, Diego Lopez, remember him? And got the hey, so if that if he's trained if she's it's it's with it's Grasso, that, that boy, that boy is a killer. That boy is like hey, all odds against you. Back against the wall. No one counted you in. He, made, he definitely shows you something.
1: And I don't want no immediate rematch. I want Juliana Pena versus Aldana next. Fuck what you heard.
0: Oh, also, I can't remember her name, but the girl that came back, uh, Suarez. Tatiana Suarez? Tatiana Suarez. I think she's coming for the coming for the strap. but right? Actually, and I could be wrong. I think she might be in stall weight. But if I'm wrong, if she's in banner weight, that's the one person I could see Actually, potentially upsetting the Nunez.
1: I think an older Nunez, like I think, eventually Nunez is going to be like Nunez has two choices. She either can retire to double champ in the next in like two or three fights from now, or she could um keep going and wait till somebody beats her, and then she'll just retire with one championship. Yeah. Regardless, she's gonna retire a champ, so she can do whatever fuck she wants.
0: Yeah, she will retire champ off into the sunset. And she, she's a lioness. She deserves it. She's, she's an older fighter. She's 35. Aldana's is also 35. But, you know, like, time time is a motherfucker. Time gets everybody.
1: That's crazy. I did not know. I'm over here thinking This bitch is like 29 or something.
0: No, they're both 35. But that's, that's what happens when you become an old great champion. The other fighters that we're going to talk about the rest of this uh, uh, episode is... The new crop, the new people coming into the UFC, and or at least some of them on the Ultimate Fighter 31, Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor, first two episodes came out uh, via ESPN, ESPN Plus. Y'all haven't been able to tune in, tune into them yet. We're gonna break, not really break them down, but we're just gonna talk about what's happening in the Ultimate Fighter world, and via Kev, because Kev is the Ultimate Fighter. Um, guy, all right, that's and all I'm saying. That's, that's his show, so
1: yeah, that's my. shit I don't really watch TV like that, right? So, whenever the alternate, so I'm like, wait a minute, you got MMA and TV, so like I can bullshit and make it make it make it part of my notes and I can smoke and chillax and what so I'm not missing an alternate fighter. And I say that as in the first episode. It got 11.9 million views, which I guess is technically lower than the last time Conor McGregor did. Um, Conor McGregor had um an Ultimate Fighter, um an Ultimate Fighter appearance, but this shit is interesting. That shit broke the ESPN app. I couldn't even sign into ESPN Plus on my iPad to watch it. I had to wait like the next day for it to come out. I'm over here watching old motherfucking um Ultimate Fighters like Vogue and Ortega and shit, but. This shit was interesting. This is interesting. This year, there's two weight classes: one thirty-three, one thirty-three, and one fifty-five. So algerman and them boys, and um, and the lightweights, Islam and them boys. So, oh bantam and um lightweight. So it's interesting because it's half for each weight class is half young guns, and and um, the other half for vets and conor mcgregor got first pick oh yeah the coaches are conor mcgregor and michael chandler which is pretty fucking lit the first the first um instance the first instance they had talking to each other because everybody remembers after tony ferguson got the shit kicked out of by michael chandler michael chandler said conor mcgregor i'll see what in any so like that was the only time these motherfuckers ever c- communicated in a sense so Connor heard it and Michael Chandler set it up. It would have been fine. It would have been dumb five if he could have made this Nate Diaz. And I think that was the original plan. But Michael Chandler's cool too. So they give it to Connor. Um Connor gets the first pick off of um because they, they flip a coin. He picks the young 133 guys. And um and then Michael Chandler picks. He takes the he has to get the vets no matter what for the 133. And then I could be getting the weight classes mixed up. But then Michael Chandler gets first pick and then he picks the vets for the 155. So Sean, Connor. So Michael Chandler has all vets, and then Connor McGregor has all young guns.
0: No, that's kind of hard.
1: It is. It's interesting. Cause I, I always think it's interesting that they, cause last year they had women and the heavyweights this year, they have multiple weight classes, but all men in this motherfucker. So like, it's interesting. And then they, they have a seating rank. So, um, each each coach had to rank the guys one to four for each weight class, and then they um, and then the the um, the number one fights the number four, number two fights the number three type shit.
0: All right, well, spoilers from here on, yeah. Kev, who won them fights? Was it was there some good fights going on? Was oh yeah.
1: This- so the first episode, it was Roosevelt versus some dude named Nate. I forget where they're from. Like Nate's a family man, but Roosevelt, he originally had on um, the contract, and then he lost two fights in a row, so then he lost his shit. And so Roosevelt comes in this motherfucker. Nothing too crazy happened in the house itself. I think everybody was getting to know each other stuff like that. Roosevelt, we come to find out in, in a later episode, and there's only been two episodes, that he's part gangster. But okay. motherfucking in this episode, he goes into the fight, and Dana White, he's lit, he's checking shit out, and Roosevelt finishes dude Nate in nine seconds. Okay, and, get the and that's how you started. That's that's how the ultimate fight started off. He do 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 boom, boom. Sit your stupid ass down, pussy, and niggas sat down. And it was funny because after the fight, who was his yeah,
0: coach? Just... Was that Connor's coach or was that
1: McGonagall? yeah, yeah, Connor's dude? Connor has all the young guns, so that's what's not good. Because like these other niggas abandoned the UFC. It's not like you just got old niggas from other promotions. Like these niggas have UFC fights and they said, "Yo, if I ever get back If I ever make it to the promised land. One more time. Like, after the fight, Roosevelt, literally, he was lit as fuck, right? This nigga turned. He goes over there, jumps to Dan. He says, hey, Dana, I know I fucked up my contract last time, but don't worry. I'm barely back here on my shit. And then he goes, and then he goes to his coach, let's fuck it up! I'm like, that's a dangerous motherfucker right there. That. He just, he just goes like that. Yeah, like, hello, Mr. President. I really Fuck with you. I mean, I think you're you're a good guy, and then he goes back in. oh fuck you, dirty bitches. Like that's dangerous. That's lit. Nigga forgot to shake Mike Tyson here. So and like, who, yeah. Who was who the other dub? So, oh fuck, I just missed it. Damn it, that's some bullshit. I, I I turned it on so I could see it again. And so the next fight was Cody Gibson, who he's been away from the UFC the longest out of everybody in there, but um. He fought Marco Gutierrez, but originally it was supposed to be this dude named um, Something Wells and another guy. They all they both cut weight, but that nigga Wells got a fucking cold sore on his face the day of the fight, so the doctors didn't um, approve him. So like as niggas was like like in the background because they both made weight. As niggas was in the background like waiting to fight, the um, doctor comes into Michael Chandler's room and says, "Yeah, he can't fight." Um, and then Michael Chandler is like, why? And then he goes, he goes, it was, med- Wells didn't get medically cleared. So the fight's off. Maybe next week, if the cold sore is gone, everything is fine. Connor McGregor's like, hey, man, you can't control your body. Like, make sure you put some fucking cream on it. You can't fight, but you got to make weight again, man. Don't, and then Connor McGregor's like, where you think I'm just going to let them fucking take this away from you? You think just where you do, you, you, you pump, you cut weight, you hyped up for the fight. Don't worry, y'all. we're going to get this shit handled by next week. So like we'll see what the fuck happens because the bro's supposed to fight they'll start there fighting the next week. Most likely one. But instead, we got Cody Gibson versus I want to say Marco Gutierrez. And Marco Gutierrez he's a cowboy hat wearing ass nigga. Like he's right. a lit ass motherfucker. He's a young gun. He's on Connor. Yeah,
0: I enjoy Cowboy hat.
1: And then Cody Gibson. Oh dang, I'm missing the Connor um thing. But um Cody Gibson, um Cody Gibson comes um is the but so he's been away from the UFC the longest. So then boys just fighting. I mean the back and forth, they're trading. It's not a bad first round. And then Cody Gibson lands a motherfucking flying knee out of nowhere. I mean like you know how most flying knees, it's like you might be coming. Like Masvidal knows how to do it coming to a motherfucker. Like some most a lot. Sandhagen does it like he's coming to you. This this shit was sideways. Like these niggas were like parallel, and this motherfucker just elevated that knee and the dope. Took him out, and after that, knocked, finished doing the punches. So he did that shit. Yeah, he did that shit in the first round. And the thing about Cody Gibson was that he was number four. So he just took out Connor's number one guy.
0: Hey, the MMA math don't be adding up sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how the Heat kind of just whoops some ass all the way to the finals.
1: Yeah, don't get me wrong. We, we got three more to go. We we're playing right now. But we gonna motherfucking we gonna get that shit. But that shit was that Ultimate Fighter's been hitting. I think it it's interesting because the Ultimate Fighter as a show, I feel like probably is declining because like it's not just um ramp because like you used to have like great scenes like Rampage breaking down the fucking door because he was mad. He was like, "Do that shit to me." That's like, also like mid
0: two thousands television where you're a lot you're allowed to say and do a lot more in 2020 yeah facts oh yeah it
1: called dana white used to call people retards all the time motherfucking the fucking there's the, the time that when conor mcgregor was a coach before and the dude kept pulling guard from stand from the stand-up position so conor mcgregor fucking spazzed through his glasses and shit like i don't know if you're gonna see moments like that i think you're not gonna really see like a tony ferguson situation where he gets drunk as fuck and he starts to he starts um niggas start he starts fighting with niggas and then he goes up to the niggas he's like where's your kid where's your kid and then you find out that the niggas like in a in a um child um custody battle with his wife with his ex wife or some shit like like and then Tony Ferguson comes back I'm sorry or guys, GSP bringing
0: I'm- in his like French kickboxer guy that's drunk all the time yes <laughs> that's like, not even, happening.
1: I don't know. Maybe Wakanda they might have a hit of some type of crazy shit like that. Islam was supposed to be in this episode. He's in this episode for like a couple seconds. I barely seen him, but um, it was interesting. It was an interesting episode. It's been interesting so far, but now it's more like serious. Now, like a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people want careers. They feel like they don't want to fuck shit up. Like I don't know. But in the second episode, Roosevelt checked this pussy ass, nigga. I wonder. What, it might have been Gutierrez. So Roosevelt checked some pussy nigga because he was talking like he was he was the shit, and then Roosevelt was like, "Bro, he's a fucking bitch. Don't ever speak to me." And like it was just he just she checked the nigga. Nigga, stopped speaking to him. I was like, oh, "I like my dog Roosevelt now."
0: Okay, as someone who hasn't watched yet, it sounds like Roosevelt might be my new favorite guy, and it sounds like Cody Gibson is a fucking dog. So that was my two takeaways so far. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. All right then. That's all I, say. I like to say. I was, to say, I, I, I was waiting, And
1: Mike, all you missing is Michael Chandler's up two zero.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to say also, Vets are showing that they they are a little bit better than the young guns. They've been there and done that. They know what it takes to win.
1: Yeah, and this is end of what since there's two weight classes, it's not a long, it's not as big as tournaments. So everybody that just won is in the semifinals.
0: All you got to do is win one more. Yeah. Uh, are, are the episodes weekly? Yeah. All right, so we'll be back next week with uh, when we talk for Tori and we'll have a Mm. reiteration of the uh, up uh, recap and Ultimate Fighter, and I'll definitely be caught up by then. I'll make sure of that.
1: Yeah, that boy Trevor Wells, I got to see that boy fight. I need to see. This would be a good.
0: I. Uh, but But we had Ultimate Fighter, and I mean, don't miss UFC 289. Can't miss. Can't miss a <laughs> Don't miss it, guys. Hey babe. Hey, hey, hey,
1: hey. and and on the rumor reports, motherfucker, Chelsea. So we know we don't know how true this is. The same nigga that says he's never lost around. He, he said that um, they they're um, what's up? They, I was like Chelsea. About-
0: Sonnen also did say that Francis was gonna sign with um, one, and I mean he wasn't wrong with that one. You mean PFL? Oh MMA. yeah. He was just on PFL. And uh, everyone so he wasn't wrong. He did say that about a week and a half before it broke.
1: He might have he might have got some good news. He might have he might he might still be tapping a little bit with ESPN. But um this nigga says that they're trying to talk on Sean Jones versus Sage Pavlovich because you has been a minute since we've heard anybody say anything about a John Jones and Steve Bay at Madison Square.
0: Nope. I want and he saw New York's air. Fucking shitty right now, so wanna be shocked all that shit gets scrapped. Uh, yeah, but we'll see, man.
1: But that's everything, your boys. That was a good ass fucking episode, man. I'm looking forward to the card. There's a good chance that, that boy comedian Romeo Mac is back on these motherfuckers, and I might be on the live stream trying to get drunk for the one time. I've been I ain't watched a fight in the states in a minute. But we're gonna catch you on the next one, man. Make sure you watch the boxing episodes and make sure you checked out the motherfucking recap because my boy Kai Car France was rough. But we'll talk about that We already talked about that on the preview. But we're gonna catch you on the next one. This is your boy Kev Waterboy. boy. I'm in this bitch with Paul Pick and Winham concert and Tody Bliss merch on the way coming soon, you dirty bitches.